Well, hello, listeners. It's your girl, Meg. Now, you might be thinking, well, where's Jen? Fear not, because this episode is quite different from any other podcast that we've structured before. In fact, recently, Jen was interviewed by Genevieve on the Womenist podcast, which is this incredible podcast, but due to scheduling conflicts, I wasn't able to make it. So it was a very in-depth interview into Jen's personal story and not only will you hear about our partnership and the creation of our business, but you'll also get a chance to maybe get a little bit of a different perspective on Jen. I know a lot of you see her as this very direct business powerhouse who calls people out on their bullshit and is the breakthrough coach, but you'll also get to hear a little bit more about some of the challenges that she's faced. And there was even a point in the interview where Genevieve said, well, you make business look so easy. And I I think Jen's response was probably one of my favorite responses. You'll have to tune in to listen to understand what I mean. But we wanted to share this interview on our podcast as well, because we realized that as much as we love to teach strategy and support our listeners with business breakthroughs, we also believe that sharing our personal struggles is probably going to be the thing that impacts you as much, if not more than, than the strategy. So please, whatever you're doing, stop and take a listen because you'll get to hear more about this woman that I just admire and adore so much. She is my best friend. She is a mother, a wife, a business owner, and she's also the co-host of the Soul Send podcast. So have fun listening, guys. Welcome to the Soul Ascend podcast with your hosts, Meg and Jen. We're going to help you mega manifest and generate your soul's highest ascension in business, relationships, spirituality, money, and health. Welcome, and let's dive in. Well, Jen, thank you so much again for taking time to be here today. I know you are a very busy woman. I know that you give to so many individuals. <laughs> uh, I know that you give to so many individuals. Uh, for those in our community who may not be familiar with you, uh, would you mind introducing you and a little bit about what you do? Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. And I am just honored to be able to share a little bit about what we're up to. Um, so my name is Jennifer Lettington, and I am a business and leadership coach. I've been a coach for over 20 years. And, you know, our mission is really to empower women in all areas of their life. But specifically, you know, we really want to create a space for women to feel safe and seen in community and also create the impact that they want to create in the world and use their business as a mechanism to do that. Um, so that's a little bit about me, short form. <laughs> Long form is different, but <laughs> that's a little bit about me, short form. 
Well, and I'm sure that we'll get into the long form. And I know I've just, I've heard the best things about you. I had the honor of getting to meet with Meg and hear a little bit about Soul Ascend Coaching. How did the two of you meet? Are you both, I know she's not from the Sun Valley area originally. Are you, or where are you from? So um, I, we, we kind of have our home base here in Sun Valley, but I grew a businesses, brick and mortar businesses in Boise for over 15 years. So Boise is really my home. Um, and so I was in the fitness and nutrition industry and owned local gyms and studios, as well as a protein bar company that I created and sold later. Um, so Boise is really my home and, and Sun Valley right now we're here, you know, our kids are in school here. And so we go back and forth. Um, we also go back and forth to Florida. So, um, Megan and I met funny story. I stalked her because I owned a <laughs> I stalked her. Uh, I'm a stalker. When I know someone has magic and I want them in my space, I stalk them. Same. <laughs> That's how I met my husband. I stalked him online, found out he was going to a party, got myself an invite. And here we are 11 years later. <laughs> so I'm with you there. <laughs> um, so yes, I owned a yoga studio up here in Sun Valley for a little while. And um, she was teaching at the Y and I just knew after taking her class that I felt really connected to her. So we met that way and she came and started teaching at the yoga studio I owned and we just became really good friends. And she was at the time business coaching and we, we got connected that way. And, and it was a really interesting dynamic because as I was shifting from my uh, brick and mortar models into the online space with my leadership and business coaching, Megan really did support me in the transition so that I could understand how to take, you know, that monetization of the, you know, brick and mortar business model and take it online into a space that would continue to convert and grow and be able to impact even more people. And so you said for over 20 years, you've been either building your own businesses or helping others build their business. Was this something you always knew you wanted to do or did you want to do something different? When did this kind of start for you? Actually, it's probably longer than that. I'm 44 now. So <laughs> um, yeah, my first business, I was 22 and I was in real estate and owned um, mortgage companies, real estate company, construction uh, company, all of that. Yeah, I think I've always been someone who's thought outside of the box. I think I've always been someone who knew that the current paradigms that we are placed in and our culture didn't feel good to me. I've never been a good employee. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like to, you know, kind of carve my own path. And I think I've been like that since a young girl. Yes. So I think that even from an, a young age, I knew I didn't want to go the road that everyone else traveled. I wanted to make my own. And I think that, um, through entrepreneurship is a really fun way to do that. And, um, I've been having a great time on the journey. Is there, you know, I think a lot of times we see this path and, and both what you and Meg have created. I mean, it, it, it is incredibly inspiring coming from our organization wanting to help empower women as well. And a lot of times it, it looks effortless, which kudos to you for making it look that way. But there had to have been obstacles, challenges, you know, failures along the way. Is there you know, one or two in particular that stood out to you? And, and what did you learn from these? Oh, that's such a loaded question. Um, first of all, I, I really don't want kudos for making it look easy because it's not. And it's I want to always... Yeah. And I, yeah. and I want it to be vulnerable and untransparent because it might appear to be easy. And if I am portraying it that way, I need to revisit that because it's not, it's fun, but I, I'm one that loves the obstacles because I look at them as opportunities. Yeah. And 
for me in my life, the obstacles I've overcome and the hurdles have created the endurance to go the distance. So I look at it as an obstacle in business and an entrepreneurship as a way for me to expand into the person I get to become so that I can be the best and serve at the highest good for the highest good. So I think, yes, all those things happen. And, you know, if you're asking directly about huge hurdles in my business, my, my story is, you know, littered with them, <laughs> just like most women's are right. But for me, I think, you know, the transition, the transition from, you know, being in my past marriage, I think the transition through that was probably the hardest because during that we lost our businesses and I was really successful at a really young age. And when we lost our businesses and had to rebuild from nothing, I actually um, was in the middle of a divorce. It was an abusive situation. It was, it was really awful. And I had a baby on my hip like you do right now. <laughs> and navigating that transition from going from abundance uh, monetarily, right, into this place of scarcity with really nothing to show for this marriage I'd created and business I'd created was really humbling. And it actually became the biggest source of expansion in my life. And in the moment I couldn't see it. Right. But it catalyzed something inside of me that got really resourceful. And that resourcefulness allowed me to build multiple businesses as a single mom going through a divorce and bankruptcy and business bankruptcy with a baby on my hip. And then looking back, you know, looking at my life trajectory, if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have the evidence that I could endure any obstacle that was thrown at me. Because if I can endure that, you know, I can endure whatever you throw at me and I will figure it out. And that is sort of my motto is that, you know, everything is figure outable. <laughs> There's always a solution to anything that comes your way. And I think that women sometimes doubt themselves in that area, but really our creativity is our superpower because that, that resourcefulness comes from creativity. And I mean, we're natural born creators, right? Look at you, look what you've created right in your lap. <laughs> and so channeling that energy into all aspects of your life is something that I think is a beautiful gift. And I think that women as a common thread have that ability to be really, really resourceful. Hmm. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that it, what you said at the beginning too, it's an interesting, I think a lot of times when it looks like someone's having fun doing something, it looks like there's ease behind it because it's almost like that's your, your fuel. You know, I think there are multiple sources of fuel for what we do. And, you know, you talk about, which thank you. I mean, you'd said before this, like you are an open book, you're very honest. Um, I think that that's something that a lot of times we don't see as much in this female entrepreneurship. It's almost like, how can I show up the strongest? Because we are in, in an area that has been previously male dominated. Um, and now you're seeing a lot of female entrepreneurs, you know, in your experience with the women who you have helped, what do you think is, you know, or are some of the biggest reasons that, that prevent women from stepping boldly into these roles of starting their own businesses? Hmm. You know, first I want to just take a step back because you said something I want to touch on and I, and I want to call myself out on this too. You know, I, I think that I get to do a better job. Honestly, I, I have to ask myself after I post or after I'm public or say something, you know, what is the thing I really don't want to say that I'm not saying? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think for me, 
that's something that I, I think more and more women get to do as they show up. And I think that becomes the portal of permission for other women to say the thing that maybe they don't want to say and present in a way that maybe isn't, you know, with perfect makeup and hair and the perfect branding and, you know, all the things that we think we need in order to be approved of and accepted and maybe get more clients or make more money. And Mm. I think for me, you know, I, I, I constantly have to check myself because it does look like it's just fun and easy and the highlight reel. And it's kind of gross if um, we, (laughs) we really take a step back because it's not true. And I I constantly try to challenge myself to show the parts that are hard because it's a roller coaster. And, you know, sometimes it's a lot of fun and sometimes you just feel like you're going to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I understand that completely. So I I didn't mean to derail the conversation, but I just wanted to pen that for myself. Um, That's really important. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's it's a checks and balances and Megan and I do a good job of, of doing that for each other. Um, but to answer your question directly, what is the one thing that holds women back? I, you know, I think there's this long string of oppression that we hold in our bones as women that has been woven through society and culture for a really long time. And I think the fear, I mean, at the heart of it, we all want try that, like the approval of our community, right? Because at the core, if we didn't have community and in, in long ago, we would die. <laughs> we couldn't survive. And so it's almost triggers this fight or flight response for women when they're feeling like they can't show up as themselves because they won't be accepted. And it's almost this, you know, very um, deep, natural instinct to just want to fit in. And when we're starting a business, being an entrepreneur is like we're standing under the sign that says, don't stand here. (laughs) And so putting yourself in the spotlight and risking not being accepted or part of the tribe is is like, you're actually risking your safety. Mm. And so for Megan and I, we, we talk about safety a lot in our community because I feel that as women, we need to feel safe before we can create. And I think that if you can create a community, which eases that fear of being shunned out of the group, and you can create a community that that really embodies that. It allows more innovation and creativity to really be channeled, not only through you, but through the community as a whole. And so I think if you're asking me directly what it is, I really feel like it's this very natural instinct for us to want to be a part of community. And if we stand out, we won't, or we'll be excommunicated mm-hmm. or shamed or shunned. Right. And so I think that that's the biggest thing that stops women. Um, is that, you know, the judgment, the, the implications of what if I say that, what if I'm different and, um, we want to be a source and a place for women to come and be them, be aligned in their mission and and be authentic and bold and say the things that maybe they have been shamed for in the past. How, how do we do that? Because I think that we can, you can talk about creating a safe space. And I know for us, even, you know, we, the thing that we always have to go back to, we want to create a space where, you know, there's inclusivity. And like you mentioned, it's safe. Women can show up as they are. Mm -hmm. And, and for areas where maybe they've been shamed or they have felt ashamed, they can step boldly and proudly of who they are, but 
then you get back to the how, because I think yeah. a lot of organizations will talk about that, but then what are the actions? So, you know, on a, on a singular level, like as an individual, what can we do? So members of our community who are thinking, how can I create a safe space for other women? And then as a community, you know, what are some things that, that you and, and Meg have to create that? Thank you for asking that question. And this is, goes back to leadership, right? So it's personal responsibility. So if I'm wanting to create something, I get to show up in that way. And it is my responsibility to do that and lead from the front. And, you know, I always say um, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And so if I'm preaching safety and I'm preaching that, you know, you don't have to be ashamed of your past, but I'm not an open book and I'm unwilling to go there and I'm unwilling to only make it look perfect. That is not safety. That is an avenue for women to feel like they have to be performative in order to be welcomed. And for me, I believe that if you want to create a community on the community level, we can kind of segregate those a little bit, but on the community level, if you want to create a community that's safe, you have to show up in a way that makes women feel safe. And the way that women feel safe is that you become a portal and share the things that you have been shamed for, the things that maybe you don't want anyone to know, the things that maybe could take your personal power if you don't share them out loud. I believe that I have my power because I share all the things that people might be able to hold against me, quote unquote, right? It's like, it's an open book. What are you going to throw at me? (laughs) Go ahead and dig because you're not going to find anything that I haven't said out loud. Hey listeners. So have you taken our animal energy archetype quiz? It sounds super woo-woo, but it's not. It's not. What are you, Jen? What do you think? (laughs) I'm a cheetah. And I'm a horse. So what are you? And you can find out how you can manage your energy in your business by heading to our website, soulascendcoaching.com to take our quiz. And while you're there, check out, for those of you that are local to Boise or the Idaho area, we have our Collab Collective, which is a beautiful opportunity for you to meet with us regularly in person and also be a part of our business directory. The intention is not just to connect with us in person and create collaborations, but also to get in front of more people to get visible. Yeah, visibility is huge and collaborations are huge, but only when they convert. And we truly believe that women in business spend a lot of time networking, but we really want women to learn how to collaborate so that they can convert to more cash and contacts in their business. So to find out more, visit soulascendcoaching.com and we'll see you there. So for me as a leader, it is my, it is a, it is a commitment to myself and to my integrity to always share and to be really honest, whether it's ugly, it's dark, it's embarrassing. It's really kind of childish sometimes. (laughs) Um, And sometimes it's not what I want to admit, but that's me and ego. And if I'm in service, I have to let that go. Mm -hmm. So I invite other community leaders to lead in that way so that women do feel safe and sharing their own stories that maybe have kept them, you know, in this dark space that hasn't allowed them to really be who they want to be. So I think that's the community level. And I think even down on a personal level, it it can go even deeper than that. But I think on a personal level, to answer your question, it's like, how do you, 
How do you really step into safety for yourself? And I mean, this is a long conversation, but I think the first step is, is finding and asking yourself the right questions and the self-awareness to understand what is the thing that you fear that if someone else discovered about you, you would not be able to succeed. And I think if you can pinpoint that, that's the thing that's usually holding people back from taking the next step. If I'm seen invisible, what if they find out? If I'm seen invisible, what if they they know I'm a fraud? What if they don't know I don't have an education that would support this or the right licensing? Or maybe I haven't gone to enough coaching classes to be you know, in the service industry, right? Maybe I need another degree. I don't have a degree. I dropped out my junior year. I have no formal education. I'm fine with that because my life experience and what I've learned along the way can support someone in their next steps. And I know that. And so I think that that's the first step, honestly, is, is finding that, that point of where you're not feeling safe to be seen and then pinpointing it and, and getting comfortable enough to share it. And if it starts with just sharing it out loud to your best friend, sharing it out loud into your phone at first, <laughs> speaking it out into the universe to take away some of the charge on that is the first step. Um, and that's what I start, how I started with my eating disorders, because I was running fitness studios for gosh, almost 16 years, but I had like this secret eating disorder that was like eating me up inside and it was literally killing me and it looked great from the outside, but I was a total fraud. I mean, I was a total fraud and I had this massive problem. And until I started talking it through with admitting it to myself, admitting it to a coach, admitting it to friends and family, then I was able to publicly admit it. And now I talk about it all the time. Because it has no power over me anymore because I've said it out loud. And I think that's an important piece for women to understand is that whatever you've gone through, someone else has gone through it too. Whatever you think is the darkest thing that's happened or the most embarrassing thing or what you don't want to be known for or associated with, someone else is going through that too. And you might be able to help them by sharing it. Absolutely. Well, I think that's part of what builds community. Uh Whenever people say, am I the only person who I always think it's such an interesting phrase because there, there's no way in this world that whatever you're going through, someone else hasn't gone through it as well. Right. Yeah. And I think that you had said something a little bit back that I want to go back to and in, in a space where a lot of times when our worlds are rocked and there's going to be, you know, there have been times where your world has been rocked before. There will be times in the future that your world is going to be rocked. And you talked about going through your divorce and bankruptcy and having a kiddo, which I just, I sat here for a minute and just kind of trying to put myself in that position and knowing like I've been through these hurdles as well. And, and I think I'm curious as someone who is, has a startup and is trying to not just run my own life, but also lead other women and be part of a team, you had said something about checking yourself. What does that look like? I think that is something that no matter if women are starting a business or just finding that they have a hurdle in their life, what what does that look like when you need to check yourself? And are there questions you're asking yourself? Um, Are there habits that you're trying to get back into? I'd love for you to go further into that. Yeah. So For me, I, I have some, I don't mean to put this in a business terminology, but like key point indicators. <laughs> like oh, I, I love it. <laughs> I have some KPIs with myself. And, you know, one of my core values is health. And 
I think when I, but it's also relationship health, right? It's like, I have a commitment to my relationships that are in my inner circle first, number one, ladies, like you've got to have inner circle, outer circle, and then extended circle and understand who fits in those so that you can manage your energy. Otherwise you are in for a hard road. so So I think for me, when I know I need to check myself is when I don't want to go to the gym, when I don't want to go to a hike on a hike. When I don't want to go have dinner with my, with my friend, um, when I don't want to connect intimately with my husband, right? That is like, okay, red flag, something's going on. You're misaligned. You're misaligned because those are my values. And it, those are the things that fuel me and make me feel really good is taking care of my body and my health and my nutrition and my intimate relationships And when my, when I feel that, like, I don't want to, and I withdraw, that's a key point indicator for me that I need to check myself and that something is off. I'm giving too much of my energetic bandwidth to areas of my life that aren't in my primary value set. Right. So I condition my entire life around my value set. And if I'm doing things that are in my intrinsic value set, I feel really good. When I start to get scattered and put too much energy into things that aren't in my values, that's when I start to get drained and I don't want to go to the gym or I don't want to connect with my husband. So then I get to rein it in, check myself and say, okay, what are the actions and things that I'm doing every day that are outside of my values that I need to bring back into my values? And it's a really great frame, in my opinion, to not only grow a business, (laughs) but to grow a really beautiful life um, that is authentic to your set of values, not the external world's. That right there, I know you have an event coming up next weekend, but I feel like that takeaway in and of itself, you talk about needing to be safe to create, but I think that you also just identified the importance of needing to know your values. You talked about your inner, your outer, your extended circle. And I think that when you first get started in your business, there's a lot of this need to, to connect, connect with everybody um, and to have it and this is kind of going on a tangent, but to have it perfect, to have everything figured out before you get started. I am finding so many takeaways from this just for my own world. Selfishly, I'm like, I want to pause and take more notes, but I want to highlight something really important because you and Meg have put on an awesome event for women. It's here local in the Treasure Valley. I feel like you're already sprinkling some things we're going to take away from this. Can you share more about what it is though? Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for saying that. Um, I... I, I actually think that's the key thing for women. So thank you for putting a pin there. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we're so excited about this event. Like it's, this is our third one and it looks amazing. By the way, I'm going to be out of town at a wedding and I am, I even look to be like, how, how do we get, (laughs) is there a way to change our tickets? But Amber's going to go on behalf. And so I know she's going to have a blast. Um, but yes, tell us because it looks incredible. Well, I, just to be really transparent, I hate business women's conferences. I'm just going to say it. Like, I can't stand it. I'm No, I totally understand. We have nothing here. We can't call it a networking event because it, there's a certain stigma. There's a certain stigma. And as you can tell, he can't stand them either. <laughs> and, and I, and I, you know, I'm in true my form, the whole like, baby shower, branding, balloons, confetti. Like, it's just not my vibe. 
And I don't want to feel like I'm being forced in this environment to like connect with people and share with and talk Mm -hmm. to, I can't do that. That's not authentic or real for me. And it feels gross. And so for me, Megan and I are kind of edgy. We're bold. We say the things most people won't say. We like fashion. We like our leopard print. We like leather. We like really good music. We like our champagne. And we wanted to create an event that we would actually want to go to. Yes. So that's what we did. And so we're doing it at the Amsterdam lounge. Um, you know, actually my daughter's godfather, Ted, he owns it and he is so generous because we attach it to one of the, the, um, nonprofits in the treasure. Well, it's actually in Idaho that we're really connected to, which is Camp Rainbow Gold. Mm -hmm. And Ted's been really connected to that for a long time. So he actually allows us to host it at his event space just because we do give back to the community in that way. Yeah. So we give back to the community. A portion of our proceeds goes to this amazing nonprofit for, um, you know, children with terminal cancer. And we're, we feel really good about that. So we're doing good things for women. We're having a great time. We're not networking because networking is different than building your business. Very, very clear difference, ladies. Um, And what we do at the event, honestly, is, you know, we're giving women an opportunity to learn how to actually create collaborations that convert to cash or contacts. Because this mm-hmm. is the thing. Everybody goes to these events and they're like, okay, that was great, but now what? And right. we're going to collaborate. We're going to have fun. No, it's not. It's got to be intentional and it has to be equitable for both parties and it has to be clear with expectations. And so we actually are going to teach how to do that at the event and then teach a strategy that will help you enroll more collaborative partners so that you can organically grow your business and visibility while also organically growing your clientele and make more offers that are more profitable to your ideal customers and clients. So for us, we've never used paid advertising. We just use our formula and it works really beautifully because it's real and it's authentic. And we want more women to show up in that way. That's incredible. And thank you too for identifying. I think we've gotten so carried away with this like Pinterest board, everything with every event we put on and, and we start to miss the mark of like, what is, what is the point? You know, like what, why are you putting this event on? Is it because you want to be able to post pictures of this really cool event that you put together? Or is it that you, you know, going back to your values, like, why did you start your business? Um, when I, I actually took one of your quizzes online, uh, your energy archetype quiz, is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm a horse. Oh, okay. Megan's a horse. I'm Is a cheetah. Yeah, I'm cool. a cheetah. You're a cheetah. I can absolutely see that. Um, and when I was doing that, I saw you had mentioned something. I don't know if it was like on the sign up or somewhere on your website, but it was talking about um, masculine sales strategies and why these don't work for women. And can you go more into that? Because I do think that we're going into a world that has been predominantly, predominantly, uh, encompassed by men. And now we're using strategies that have worked for them, but we operate different as men. Like we know this from studies, what, what, why don't they work for women? And what do you believe are maybe the things, and, and maybe this is what you'll be teaching more about next weekend. Uh, but let's start with that. Why doesn't it work for women? I'll, one thing I'll say, and then we'll go deeper oxytocin. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Uh, women need that hormone to feel emotionally safe and connected. Mm. And when we're not emotionally safe and connected, we are not receptive to buying or selling. And it feels gross. on both. That makes sense. So without a connection, it doesn't 
create a sustainable business model because we can't actually extract that hormone that creates that like buzz inside of us that gets us excited and gets us safe and gets us feeling like, oh my gosh, we can take on the world without it. It totally disconnects our energy. And so for women, we have to be in a space where we're actually connecting. And I like to call it heart to heart, woman to woman. Like it's it that when you're together with other women, it actually is magic. And that's when you can make those connections and feel good about enrolling a customer or a client into your offers. And also it's a space where you'll probably likely say yes to an offer or service, mm-hmm. right? So th- that, that for me is the primary thing. And I don't believe it's sustainable for women. In fact, like we don't have testosterone. So, or we don't have a lot as much testosterone as men. So they can keep going and going and going and going and going. We get burnt out when we're not nurtured. And part of how we're nurtured is through that hormone and connection. And without it, we are like on the floor, exhausted. Um, so that's the main reason <laughs> in my in my experience. Um, but what we will be teaching at the event, and Megan and I are really generous at the event. We teach all of our best stuff. We don't hold anything back. Um, and we share what exactly what we've done to grow our businesses to six and seven figures without any paid advertising so that more women can do the same thing and have space in their life without scarcity so they can create and innovate more. And that's the goal. So in a nutshell, what would you say women are going to walk away from this event with? They're going to walk away with collaborative joint venture partners that are aligned with their values. And they're going to actually convert those joint venture partners and collaborations and learn how to convert them into cash or currency so that it shows up as revenue in their business. They're also going to learn a 90 day strategy that's going to help them implement an actual enrollment process that doesn't feel like a used car salesman that feels heart-centered and integrity-based that they're excited to utilize and implement in their business so that their business exponentially grows every quarter. Incredible. And you have one more thing I want to talk about. Okay. You have your Mexico mastermind. Is that correct? Yes. Oh my God. Did I just remind you? You Yeah. Well, no, I was I didn't know you were going to talk about it. And I'm so excited that you brought it. Absolutely. I, we looked at it because I think it's in November, right? Yeah. Yeah. I note we're actually, this is how, this is, so this is how we show up. We're actually giving away a retreat at the event. Right. Incredible. We're giving away a retreat ticket. Wow. So, um, yeah. So the retreat is a business mastermind. It is three days. It's actually three days, three nights, four days in Mexico, November 2nd starts and it's in Los Briles, which is an hour and a half North of Cabo. It's incredible. White Sandy beaches on the sea of Cortez. It's amazing, but we do get down to business. So Megan and I pour into the people that come and we actually mastermind and give you a 30,000 foot strategy for implementation in your business um, for a whole year. So it's a great way to get a strategy so that you can start implementing the things that will actually create more revenue in your business. Incredible. You, everything you're doing, I just sit here and, and Amber and I, Amber, who will be attending, we're just in awe. And I, I want to go back. Cause I think that you said, you know, that you don't almost like you don't want to make it look easy because it's not easy. And I, I want to say, well, I appreciate you saying that. Um, and I'd like to add, I, I think this is a, a fun, um, huh. I, 
think this is a fun question uh, because you said you're an open book and you've put everything out there. Uh, with all that, is there any criticism um, that you've ever received or something that someone would think is an insult? That, something that someone would think is an insult that you're actually proud of? Yeah. Okay. This is really fun that you're asking me this. I'm so excited because it recently, it recently happened that I was like so flattered by, <laughs> uh, and I put it up on my Instagram because literally this just happened probably three weeks ago. My copy, Megan's copy, our exact, a saying that we actually say in our business showed up on someone else's Instagram. Oh, wow. Like exactly. And I was like, Oh, and I think years ago I would have been like, Oh my gosh, how dare they do that? Ooh, I'm going to reach. I'm going to get upset and reach out to them. And I honestly was like, I literally laughed out loud. And I thought to myself, this is so amazing that the content that we're creating is so impactful. Someone else feels that it'll actually help their community too. Mm -hmm. I was like, share on sister, take it <laughs> in yours. I don't care as long as it helps someone like, yeah. okay. Like now you have our, our, the content we created can now help more people because you've taken, mm -hmm. you've used it in your community. So I was like really excited about it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's part of the ripple too, right? We can't get hung up on that because if we're actually creating content and support for people to actually help them, if someone takes it, be excited because now they're going to actually create more transformation because they have a different community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we're really in integrity, that's actually a gift. Wow. What do they say? Replication is one of the most sincere forms of admiration or something. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of times too, this goes two ways where we no idea truly is like an original, original idea. It stems from somebody else. I mean, maybe not copying copyright verbatim, but having this idea stems from something else. And I think that's also what sometimes stops women from letting their idea come to life because they think someone out there is already doing it. But you know, when we were forming women as it's, there's a lot of women organizations and yay for that. Like, yay, that there's more spaces where women can feel safe to show up. Uh, but no, one's going to do it exactly the way that you do it and exactly the way that you show up. So, you know, the way you do, it's different than them. Uh, absolutely. All, all knowledge, all knowledge is free. And, you know, what is that statistic where you're one point, you're one in 1.4 trillion your, you know, your unique blueprint. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the statistic and it's, you know, the way that our energies are brought into the planet, like we all have a different way of sharing it that will resonate with people differently, even if it's the same thing. And I love that you said that because I love all of these different women's communities and want to support them all because there is something for someone in each of them that I could never give. And we'll never pretend to. And I think that's where Megan and I really stand is that we want women to go create their own communities because there's plenty of women that I'm never going to be able to touch because they don't align with my energy. But there's a million other women that if they just had the power within themselves to 
allow that vulnerability to come through and their real authentic energies, they could support so many women and create that transformation and that ripple. And so I think that that is our mission and that is what we stand for. And I I always want to encourage other women to find that place that feels good for them, whether it be ours or yours or someone else's great. Mm. I love that. Gosh, you are, I mean, at the very beginning, you've been said you're an open book and I just thank you because I think a lot of what you brought up today is going to be very beneficial and not just for women who are starting their own businesses or who are looking to expand their business, but just for women wanting to show up confidently in their, in their physical bodies and, and in the spaces that they already hold. So Thank you for that. And I have a couple more questions we like to end with. But first, I got these. Do you ever do table topics, the little table topic cards? No. Okay. They're wonderful. I feel like, are you someone who likes to host dinners? Um, I like people to host dinners for me. (laughs) Well, these will fit in your purse perfectly. I always love, and and Katie, who's on the back end of this right now, she knows I love a good game. Um, I love like a good getting to know each other. We have this... um, game we've been really into. That's like a five second, you have five seconds to name three things, but this one, it's kind of funny. What's it called? It's called not a chance. And some of them are more silly. Uh, some of them are a little more serious. Um, but do you want to do a few of them? I, I would love it. Yeah. Okay. So we're kind of going through this together. Uh, all right. First off. Okay. So we'll start off with like a really silly one. Mole okay. or rat tail. What did you say? Mullet or rat tail? Oh, mullet all the way. Yeah. And I think they're actually back in. So all the way mullet. Yes. Um, and you're very into fashion. So what color will never appear in your wardrobe, if any? That n- none. I love them all. Uh, um, I love it. I, I have every bold, but I typically show up in very bold colors. So. I noticed that. Were you the one in the coral dress on your... I love a good, like bold statement or I'm black on black. It's either gotta be loud or just. Yeah. I don't think there's a color I wouldn't wear. I like. Is the one that's like more dominant in your closet? It's all it's pink or purple for sure. Right. Right. Um, which is worse. And I feel like I already know what you're going to answer to this, but, uh, overwhelming ambition or none, none. Yeah. I figured, um, which foodie trend could you never follow? Mm. What does that mean? Um, so gosh, I don't really even keep up with the foodie trends anymore, but like when avocado toast first came out or what was, there was one I was looking at, it's like corn dogs, corn dogs and something weird, like sprinkles on corn dogs. Oh, that sounds, oh, anything like, um, the, oh, you know what my daughter is into is that chia seed pudding. I can't do it. The texture just makes me it gets stuck in my teeth. And then I'm like, I can't get it out. And I'm in like, it's a whole thing. So absolutely. I can't get behind chia seed pudding. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Lady. And how old is your daughter? She's 17. Okay. She's super. Into, okay. I feel like that's a young age to be in a chia seed pudding, but I tried um chia seed kombucha, which I feel like is it's bleh. so yeah, let's say chia seed kombucha and pudding. Um, Okay. Would you rather have a friend who never reveals anything personal or one who tells too much? One who tells too much for sure. 
You are so consistent. That's how I can tell that you are like incredibly authentic. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I love that. Sometimes um, I feel like I contradict myself. So thank you. You are not contradicting yourself yet, my friend. Um, which self-help book? Do you read self-help books? I try not to, but yeah. I mean, I have, I have read some in the past. Yeah. I really, I like, I like Brene Brown. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I feel like it's all the same stuff over and over again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's my take on that. Apparently. Is there a self-help book that you could not put down when you read it? No, there's not. I, 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 I actually won't say that because I, I wrote a book that is about women's stories because mm-hmm. I was actually sick of hearing the same thing in these self-help books. Um, but you know, I think for me, I'm more about biographies. Like I really love to learn about people and their stories. And I learn better through that. So if I was to recommend a self-help book and a biography, it would be find the woman in that inspires you the most and read everything you can about her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so for me, like, I, I think Michelle Obama is someone that I have read a lot about. I, I feel like even from, you know, very, very long ago, like we reading about our, our long lost ancestors and the witch trials and things that have, you know, really plagued women are really important. And I think that sometimes that's more self-help than the self-help books, but there is one that I, I did recently read that I like, and it is called um, the warrior goddess. And it's a really good book. I forget who it's by, but I did like that, but it's not so much self-help. It's like feminine energy and pulling that through instead of like, do these steps to have this result. Um, so I really liked that book. Uh, and what's your book called? My book is called the duality of the modern woman. And it's, it's not self-help. It's like taking the stories from women that I admire Mm -hmm. and extracting action steps based on what they did so that you can implement some action steps to get you closer to modeling some of the things that they did. And I think that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's funny when you said that reading as much as you can about someone, Michelle Obama is one of the first people who came up because I I do, I think that her books she's written and, and I feel like some books are almost trying to get away from that self-help, but I don't know what the category is. So they just put them into that self-help group. Um, but I'll make sure that we put that book on there. Cause that sounds like something that our community would definitely want to read. There is a book I, and I've read so many, like I literally I've read all of them. I think, I mean, there's just any that's on the Amazon list I've read, but there's one book that one of my mentors gave me, and this is a great book. It's called the one thing by Gary Keller. Mm-hmm. And one of my mentors gave it to me early, early in my entrepreneur journey, like when it first came out. And that is one book I will say that I, I recommend to people. I mean, I have a book list of things I recommend, but that one's really good. Hmm. Maybe you can send us, I don't know if you'd be up for this. We like to send out something in our newsletter when we promote the podcast, that's kind of like a, a snip from the podcast, but um, more like action items. So I don't know if you have like a top five or top 10 books we would love to love to share with our community. Um, they're a big group of readers. Can I include mine? <laughs> well, I mean, that would be number one on the list. Absolutely. If you didn't, I would have to send it back and be like, um, you're going to take one of these books out because your book has to come into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Gosh, let me ask you these final couple questions because I know your time's valuable and I don't want to go over in our time together. Um, but first off, what is a hope that you have for the future generation of womeness? Mm. You know, I, I this is a really great question for you to ask me right now. I might get emotional because my daughter is about to go off to college. And as she's going off to college, it's like she has this pre-programmed culture that tells her she has to, mm-hmm. right? It's like, here you go. This is your next step. Mm-hmm. Go off to college. And I would love women that are raising daughters right now to, instead of pre-planning this freeway to a certain expectation, my hope is that moms and you know mentors that are women that are guiding our younger generation open up a box of possibility for these young women Mm -hmm. that allows them to experience who they really are Mm -hmm. and allows them to become who they actually want to become by giving them different experiences. And I think that when we give our younger generation different experiences, like I took my daughter on like a um, spiritual voyage to Sedona when she was 15 you know, as like her coming of age and it opened up a different trajectory for her. And it gave her a different perspective that I think our culture doesn't prescribe to women. And I think for my hope would be truly is for women to allow other women, the experiences that could alter and shift their own opinions of what they can and can't create in their life. Mm-hmm. And I think the only way that we do that is we get them off of social media and we get them out and experiencing different cultures and, you know, traveling. And even if that's not even possible for you, you know, even opening them up to taking them to a yoga class or you know, taking them to um, a, a connection group that you're a part of, or opening them up to, you know, a, a different way of um, connecting with their emotions by, you know, maybe Reiki or something else that, We'll give them an experience so that they're not put in a box. That's my hope. Mm, I really love that. It's almost as if, you know, if, if we want to have this system in place, it's like, there's a little bit of that time off. I I hear more and more, you know, college age students who are first off going to a year of college, finding that they're not ready for it, finding that it's not for them. And then, you know, taking time to either travel or to, explore their passions and their interests. And it's a trend that I hope we continue to see um, because that you're right. There's no person is wired the same. And while college might be for some people, you know, you mentioned you dropped out at your junior year and, and look at, you know, all that you've been able to do in the mindset you have. I mean, you have to really do some I think it almost challenges you to have to really explore yourself more and think for yourself more because you have to figure out like, what does my path look like? Because no one's mapping it out for me at this point. Well, and I want to, I want to touch on two things before we wrap up. So the reason I, and, and I, and I get to say this in full transparency, I didn't leave college by choice. I mm-hmm. left college because I was in the middle of nine 11 and I had massive PTSD. Mm-hmm. So had I not had that happen, I likely would have finished because it was prescribed for me. Right. Mm-hmm. What I was supposed to do. So I just mm-hmm. want to have that caveat there. Yeah. And then the second caveat I'd like to say here and kind of to encompass everything we just said, and I said it long form. So I think the short form of my hope is that women follow their curiosity. 
Because I think that the curiosity leaves clues. And I think sometimes when we're not allowed to follow our curiosity, then it dampens our true purpose and changes it. And if more women were curious, followed it and empowered to do that, we would have a lot more transformation happening on this planet. Mm-hmm. I think curious is such a powerful word. I, I teach cycle classes and it's one of my go-to cues when I want people to shut everything out here and channel inwards because that curiosity, it, it, it can be, gosh, such a, an unleashing mindset to, to what we really, what we really want when we get out of like the outside voices interfering. Mm-hmm. You're so cool. You talk about, you know, the hopes you have for others and for your daughter. What are you manifesting for you? <laughs> so much. Um, my husband and I have a big vision for our life and, you know, part of our vision and part of my story is my daughter, you know, lost her father to suicide through addiction. Um, my first husband and yeah. And my part of our vision is we're, we really want to, we're, we're real estate investors. So our mission is to, you know, create spaces for community, for people to heal, um, from, you know, addiction, from, uh, mental illness and, and really support people in a big way. And uh, we've created our own real estate portfolio that we really want to expand so that we can create these beautiful spaces for people to heal. And that is our big overarching mission with our life and what we want to create. And so that's part of our value set is, you know, are we taking the steps every day to manifest that? And are we in action with that alignment? Um, so that's our big vision for my overall life. I really want to create that. I also want to create a place for, um, single moms to have support because when I was a single mom building my business, I couldn't go back to school if I wanted, I didn't have any money. I was on food stamps. Like I, I had, I had no time and I had no way to like hire an attorney. I was broke. And so for me, a big mission of mine that I would love to create in life is a a nonprofit for single moms to get the support that they need and the resources they need to get back on their feet. Wow. Incredible. I just could keep talking to you and just keep (laughs) being in your energy. You talk about being like mindful of our energy and like, I would love to welcome more of this into my, into my space, but is there anything else you would like to share with our community um, and where can they find you? Oh yeah. I think we covered a lot today. I'd love to, we we can come back and bring Meg on because Megan really, we'd love that. Did you love this episode? If so, we want to hear from you and we love reviews. We love five-star reviews and we also love to connect with our audience. You can find us on Instagram at soulascendcoaching or you can connect with us at soulascendcoaching.com.